Hey everyone, just wanted to let you know something real quick before we get started. So during the episode, uh, when I was running my editing, it didn't show up during the conversation, but um, there's a lot of, not a lot, but there, there's some distortion here and there, a few clicks and pops um, that it, it's noticeable, but it doesn't take away from the conversation at all. So I just wanted to apologize to you ahead of time for that little bit of distraction throughout the conversation. So, you know, stick around, make sure you listen to the whole episode. A lot of great information in there. Travis and Christine are very knowledgeable. They have a wonderful operation and it's definitely worth listening to. And also after the episode, make sure you go and check out their website at www.sweetteafarmnc.com. And let's go ahead and get into the conversation with Christine and Travis right now. Welcome to Sizzlin' Arrow Outdoors. Our podcast, like our community, is all about helping you live a healthier lifestyle by learning how to prepare your own mouth-watering meals for friends and family while supporting local farmers and ethical hunting practices. Fresh, clean, organic. It's time to eat right by owning your food from turf to table. And now, here's your host, Sizzlin' Arrow founder, Paul Rhodes. Uh, hey, uh, welcome to Sizzling Hero Outdoors podcast. I appreciate y'all tuning in today. Today's uh, interview show is a very special show. I'm sitting here with my friends, Travis and Christine from Sweet Tea Farms. They're the ones that I get all my pork from and uh, soon to be hopefully chickens and a few other uh, meat products from them as well. But, you know, I, I met Travis and Christine over at the Phillips Farm Farmer's Market probably, I'd say, a year, year and a half ago, something like that, kind of when we first started up and, you know, started talking with Christine and, um, you know, met Travis a few days, a few weeks later and, you know, just really got to like what they're doing, enjoyed their product, and now we've got to know each other over that last year or so and I uh, wanted to get them on the podcast and just talk about their operation and um, see how they do things and how they make everything taste so good. So, uh, mm-hmm. Travis and Christine, thank you for joining me today. And what we can do is just kind of start off by telling us a little bit about yourselves and uh, about the farm. Sure. Yep. Yeah. Uh, we appreciate you, Paul, for having us on, on the podcast, uh, first and foremost. But, uh, yep, like I said, I'm Travis. This is Christine. We, uh, uh, I grew up kind of agriculture uh, was is kind of in my family. Uh, my grandparents have a farm that's still operated by my uncles in Stokes County, which is in Walnut Cove, North Carolina, and they raise uh, Black Angus cattle there. So I spent summers getting up hay, and uh, I remember it being about 105 degrees and sweat pouring off, and I said I would never be in agriculture. This is an awful, awful thing, you know. And so I went off to college, you know, and um, – we got married in 2008 and um, we lived in Durham and I told her this is five years. I can't live in the city. We've got to get out in the country. So we started looking for, for a farm and, and farmland. And um, so in 2016, we were able to purchase the farm that we're at now. And um, like I said, we it kind of it just kind of evolved into, you know, we have two daughters. We have a, a six year old and 11 year old. So we wanted their them to know that their food comes from somewhere other than the grocery store and to kind of know what uh, farm hard work is all about and responsibilities. So, you know, a lot of it was for them, but also for ourselves too. You know, we were starting to see trends to where, you know, our food is getting sourced from outside of the country and that was concerning to us. So 
we thought, hey, we can be self-sustaining or more self-sustaining out on the farm. And uh, so, yeah, that's uh, that's kind of why we're here. Um, and I'll let Christine. We ended up like because of his uncles and doing the the beef. We were buying we were buying a whole cow from them and really enjoying being able to go out into our freezer and and actually pick the meat instead of having to figure out what we were doing at the grocery store. We also knew where our meat was coming from. Um, and around that time, the pink slime scare was happening with the the hamburger. And I looked at Travis and I said, we don't have to worry about that. And that just kind of spun into what, what if we did this for all of our, all of our protein? Um, we started with backyard chickens and we had a, a few, uh, just into, you know, few, maybe eight chickens. And it was like the best thing ever when our little girl would go out and grab, grab the eggs. And we had fresh eggs. Um, and didn't have to go to the grocery store. And the difference between a grocery store egg and a farm egg is night and day um, or pale yellow and bright orange, as, you know, as the yolks would say. So it's it was just amazing to see just how much as you're growing it, as you're putting it, you're putting in the work behind it too. just like any garden, um, you know, small garden, flower garden, vegetable garden, you're you're reaping the benefits of your work. And it's the same with the animals. And since his family was doing the, the, the beef and our land is more conducive to pasture pork. They like the wooded lots. They want to rut in the mud. They have fun. That's how they stay cool. And pigs are awesome. I mean, I love a pig. It's, they taste delicious, but they are very fun to be around as well. Um, they're curious, they love to be loved and we're just, you know, blessed to be able to, to see the the fruits of our labor and, and to share that with families. Very cool. Very nice. Yeah. The, um, I know when I was out at the farm and I really enjoyed, you know, seeing the pigs and, you know, just kind of watching them interact with each other, interact with you guys. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, it was really cool to know that, the one that we have in the freezer is strictly free range. They can do what they want. They're happy, they're healthy. And, you know, it, it's the way that they're meant to live. Yes, exactly. sir. So, and, you know, the one thing that you mentioned is that you're reaping the benefits from your labor. So the hard work, a friend of mine, Jason Thornton with Edible Outdoors, his saying is everything tastes better when you work for it. Yeah, I agree 100. percent It's 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 just uh, one of the things. It's just a full circle. Like if you you start it from the beginning and then you take it to the very end on your plate, and you just see where everything that you put into it is turned into a delicious meal that is keeping you and your family healthy and fed and you know just happy. So uh, yep. that, that's really cool. And you know I can vouch for the operation that you guys have because it's a, it's an amazing. Uh, thing that you guys got going on over there. Well, we think it's a work in progress. Yeah, well, it's uh, <laughs> definitely going to be, I mean, every farm, uh, it, it takes a lot to keep it going. And I've got a huge respect for what you do and what other farmers and ranchers do. I mean, I grew up on a large farm in Wyoming or a large ranch, they call it out there. But um, we did longhorn cattle 
and mm-hmm. you, know, you had to go out and feed them during the winter time, uh, make sure fences were kept up. And, yep. and yeah, I mean, it's, a lot of work goes into it, but having that freezer full of meat, like you said, uh, being able to go in the back, grab what you need and cook it up and knowing exactly where that came from, the work, mm-hmm. every, it's, it's all worth it. Yeah, it brings a whole new meeting to walk the line. Johnny Cash is one of my favorite music musicians, and mm-hmm. we always, I'm always like, I'm going to walk the line. And the, when it's been raining or muddy, and the fences is red, and you're like, okay, yeah, <laughs> time to walk the pasture. And you've got to see and go in between and, and do everything. And it's we we were even talking about it this week. Um, we don't have downtime. We, I don't even know if we know we would know what to do if we did have downtime because there's always something to do. Um, and it's a blessing though now with Travis at home and not having, you know, with the, with us prior to say October of 2021, we were both working full time, um, off the farm, off the farm and then working the farm, which a farm is not part-time it's a full-time job, no matter what you're doing. And, and it was it's it was very draining, um, very very draining on us. And even to the point in spring of last year, we remember looking at each other and saying, "All right, God, is it going to be? Are we going to do? Are we going to just go back to homesteading, or are we going to grow it?" And we give it to you, and we try to figure, you know, we're going to work our butts off this summer and to see, you know, what what makes the most sense. Yeah. And it took us the whole whole summer of just working hard um going whether it was on the farm and doing the work on the farm going to the farmer's market introducing our product to the new customers that we had enjoying what we were doing but working seven days a week and it just it wears on you but um it's it's a blessing at the same time because you know even though it wears on you and you could be at each other's throats one day <laughs> um, happens. <laughs> oh yeah, it, it does. Um, the girls, our girls, are so excited when we have new piglets or when we have baby chicks um, or getting the first fresh baby egg that we have, or just you know having just having the land and being able to cultivate the land um, in the community as well. It's it's very you know, it's very rewarding to, to meet people like you or to meet all of our new customers. And it's just, it's a blessing to say, okay, I am working hard, but yet I am enjoying meeting and, and providing for others. Yeah. That's awesome. So, uh, well, you, you're working full-time on the farm now, Travis. Yes, that's correct. As of uh, October of 21, uh, we just were so blessed with uh, a great year and just growth that we had that, like I said, it was coming to a head. Something had to give either the farm or my full time job. And, you know, it was really a no brainer for me, you know, because I did not really care for my full time job that I was that I was at. So, you know, it, it um, it's it's just it was just God. God was just there working and uh, he opened up so many doors for us. And it's just we've just been blessed and continue to be blessed. And like I said, we just are, are very thankful. Like I said, I know that, you know, it is grueling, but gosh, I'm telling you when it's 70 degrees and sunny, I'm out just walking with the animals. I've got it made in the shade. You know, it's awesome. You know, it's just me and the animals most of the time during the week and, you know, we're just tending to them. And uh, so I'm, I'm really am blessed and lucky. 
That's awesome, man. Well, congratulations on that. And, you know, thank you. God shines his light down on us, and it's up to us to see that light and to follow that. So, yep, uh, you, absolutely. You, you found your calling from what I can see. So, that's awesome. Yes, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. Awesome, man. Well, um, the one, the one thing, um, you kind of already answered my second question, which is why you decided to start farming. So, um, was there any particular reason why you guys chose Rougemont? Was it just price of the farm? Was it the specific farm that you had or was it just kind of a central hub or was there any specific reason? A lot of, yeah, it's a, it's a lot. It was just, uh, again, like I said, uh, it was God in, in motion. It, it uh, We were looking anywhere. We wanted to be north of, of Durham. Mm-hmm. We knew that just because of price, land prices. You know, it. Um, we were looking kind of over in Orange County, um, northern Orange County. Uh, we looked Hurdle Mills area, uh, Cedar Grove. We were kind of looking all over the area. And I'll tell you a quick story on how we got this farm. It was that... Um, we had, there was, I've been, you know, I was checking the MLS every day, sometimes three times a day. Mm-hmm. And cause it was, you know, 2016, the housing market was starting to ramp up. No. Four, I mean, oh, well, no, I was starting 14, to look. Yeah. Yeah. Is when we were, I mean, you had right. started 14, 15. Yeah, it took about then... two years before it finally, you know, we would go look at farms, but you know, Christine didn't want to live too far out. So, you know, there was this farm that was just a couple of miles up the road from where we are now that um, had been on the market for about two weeks. And I had been holding back. Christine had already said this is too far out. But I said, hey, I think we need to ride out and look at this place, you know. So on one Sunday, Sunday afternoon, we, I said, let's, let's don't even call an agent. Let's just ride up there and look at it. And if it's worth it, then we'll, we'll call the agent on it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we rode up and looked at it and walked around and, you know, we were like, I think this is the one, you know? So, uh, so the next morning we, uh, so Christine was like, yeah, I think, I think this is it. So the next morning I called our mortgage uh, broker and they had written the contract that morning on that farm. But we had stopped off at some uh, some old neighbors of Christine's back in Durham. They live right across. They live right across the pond from us right now, and uh, they, uh, you know, so they knew we were looking. But you know, we told them we might be your neighbors. Well, it fell through. Well, I think six months have gone by, and their uh, daughter reached out to Christine and said, "Hey, are you guys still looking for a farm? Because we're looking to sell ours." And they're they were the daughter of the people that live across the pond from us, and. Uh, so it just worked out. I mean, with that, they never had to put their farm on the market. We never had to put our house on the market in Durham. Our realtor there said, I've got five people looking for it right now. So it just it just worked out. Now, we did move one month after our second daughter was born. So we had a, a, a new dog, a brand new baby in the house and we moved uh, to the farm. So it was a little bit hectic in 2016. But You're uh, I was crazy. Um, and he just kept pushing. He was like, well, if she's already crazy, we're just going to keep on going with the craziness of having, um, buying, selling a house, buying a house, having a new baby. And I had a new job at the time too. So it was everything you could possibly, um, except getting married again, (laughs) all the craziness, but it was, it was, you know, God deemed and, um, having the place that we have is, uh, just it's great because it's um, 20 minutes, 20, 30 minutes from Durham, 20 minutes from Roxboro, 20 minutes from Creedmoor. So it it's really in a and it's not too far from the North Raleigh um, area as well. So it's kind of a it's a little hidden gem in the corner of, of everything. And 
Um, so it's, it's, a, it's a ways out. I will say that. Um, but once you get out here, it's so beautiful and peaceful. And the pond that we have in front of our house is just, we were sitting on the porch this Friday evening, just relaxing and just listening to how quiet it was. There weren't, the birds weren't chirping yet. The, the bugs weren't, um, weren't crowing or whatever yet. And it was just so peaceful and quiet and it was just like, okay, we can breathe. It's, it's relaxing. And it's, that's what it, it's, what's kind of nice about it too. Yeah, no, I can, I can understand that completely. Cause that's the one thing that I can never go out on my front porch or in the back and not hear a car going or, mm-hmm. you know, sirens going or any of that, you know, even neighbors talking, um, you know, growing up where I was, I'd know exactly the quiet you're talking about. Cause you mm-hmm. go out in the back Hills, you know, cause we had, I think 12,000 acres combined at one point and we, we just drive out couple what maybe 30 minutes 40 minutes out there and there's nothing it's so quiet yeah. you you could hear the radio frequencies coming over the hilltops it was oh how cool yeah, wow. yeah. so it's like you'll be standing out there walking over this ridge line and all of a sudden you hear this you can't like what the hell is that but yeah it was i mean quiet and i mean the open sky out there and you guys have that too it's yeah you, you can't really explain it to someone that's never seen it. And no. And that's the thing too, with us being in Durham, like, so we were in Durham. And so I remember the, you know, the, it was the first couple of weeks we were out here. Uh, we walked outside and I was like, just look up at the sky. I mean, you know, with all the lights you have in the city, you just forget about the stars that are up there. Yeah. I mean, it is just gorgeous to go out when it's hard, dark outside yeah. and which means no light. And, and you look up at the sky, you're like, good gracious. I've not seen the stars mm-hmm. in a long time. We've got to see some really cool things out here. The sun, the, the moon when it's full is absolutely gorgeous. I mean, yeah. it's like a big street light. Um, we can see the, we know when the international space center is kind of close by, if you just pay mm-hmm. attention to NASA and so you can kind of see it moving across. So we've been able to do that. We've been able to see some of the, some of the moon, some of the, some special things with the moon too, with mm-hmm. our daughter's telescope. Um, the, when we had the solar eclipse, that was crazy. Oh, yeah. um, Cause the roosters were just a crow. I mean, they were all screwed up. It was hilarious. The chickens went back in their coop because it, <laughs> you know, it seemed like dust to them. So they went into the coop. Like they thought it was nighttime, yeah. you know? And then it was crazy. Then when it passed out, it passed over. They just came back out. Like, I don't know what that was, but <laughs> yeah. we're, we're back out. Now. <laughs> That's funny. So, it's cool to be that. I mean, it's it's really neat to see things differently in the yeah. country versus the city. I mean, my girls, our girls, they have the best of both worlds, too, because mm-hmm. um, my sister lives in downtown Durham. My parents live in Durham. His parents still live in Winston-Salem. So they, yeah. they still have the city life, as they yeah. call it. And um and then they, but they love the country. I mean, they're the barefoot babies running around the farm in the summertime. And I yell at them all the time saying it's, it's not, a, it's, there are snakes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they would rather be barefoot and um, running around. So, and that's, that's what's awesome. Yeah. That's really good. I mean, kids need that. They, mm-hmm. they, need, they need to have the freedom. They need to be able to be outside and experience nature and just explore. Yep. That's, you know, the one thing I'm trying to get my kids to do is get them out of the damn house so. yeah absolutely yeah <laughs> but, um, but yeah so that's awesome guys um all right so what are some of the advantages um 
of this area in particular, like Rougemont, North Carolina, uh, for farming, such as climate and stuff like that, uh, in your opinion? What are, what are some of the advantages for this area? Yeah, I mean, I, I would say, you know, farming has been in my, my family for generations. I've, I've had several of my, uh, my grandfather, my great uncles, my uncle, they've all worked for RJ Reynolds Tobacco. I mean, North Carolina is an agriculture state. Yep. And, you know, I, I think it's uh, the climate here is, you know, we're kind of in one of those in-between areas. So, you know, we'll have the four seasons. I mean, you know, we have the cool to the cold, to the to the warm, to the hot, you know. So we, we kind of have a little bit of everything here as far as climate wise, um, which I think makes conducive for for growing a lot of a lot of uh, different crops. But especially for like pasture management and stuff, we can grow a lot of different kind of grasses here mm-hmm. that it's, it's good for forage for, for the uh, for the animals. Um, but I think also is the you know having you know I'll use Durham in particular is it's it's really become a foodie city. Yeah. So there is, you know, there, there's a lot of people that are in touch with what they're eating and they are seeking locally sourced, you know, produce, you know, uh, meats, you know, any, pretty much everything they can try to get local. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're trying to do that. And I think that's another, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely a partnership. It, you know, we could not be farming without people buying our product. Yeah. And, and then, go yeah, ahead. I mean, that's, that's the biggest thing is when you, Going going into farming, you can you, know, you can pretty much grow anything, and depending upon your area, you whether it's um, animal protein or if it's a vegetable, but you have to have the market mm-hmm. to sustain what you're going to be growing and being able to to help you know being able to purchase that. So knowing your knowing your market, knowing who it is that um, you're running to to wanting to serve making sure that those types of those types of people are in the area and and that your area and your farm is can grow what you're wanting to do and and the fact that we don't get too too cold i mean we do have some bitterly cold you know i guess for us but it's not too bad for our animals we've like we are able even though they're in the pasture we're able to protect them pretty much with the huts that they have and just a couple of bales of hay because they snuggle up and warm to each other. So that's the good thing too, to be able to keep them pastured in the pasture without having to pull them into a house or anything and and still, you know, being able to grow and do what they typically do um, in the wild or naturally um, to, to, you know, for their, for their health and well-being too. So that's nice. And, and, and our, you know, it's, it's not, I guess it's just, it's, it's just a blessing to be in this, this centrally located area as well. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a definitely rich, uh, in agriculture throughout the state and, um, being in the central part of the state is uh, a great place to be. Um, yeah. absolutely not, not a, not a farmer myself, but you know, I, I can see where it'd be a huge benefit. And then with the triangle growing so quickly and with all these, like you said, individuals that are more conscious of what they're eating, um, it definitely helps too. Uh, to Absolutely. Yeah. Product out. Mm-hmm. For sure. So, um, 
as with anything, uh, farming definitely has its challenges, uh, probably more so than a lot of other careers out there. So what are some of the challenges that you guys face on the farm? You should tell them about the newest. <laughs> yeah, well, there's, there's, well, I will say that we do face a lot of challenges. You have to really kind of just think outside the box on a lot of things. And I'm not saying we have it all figured out because like I said, there's challenges that hit us kind of all the time that you're like, all right, what's you try to just use some wisdom and discernment and like what's going to be the smartest play from here, but some challenges that we're facing really right now, and we really didn't really face it that much in, in 2021 was uh, the rise in feed cost now, because um, we still supplement um, our, our hogs with feed because they're not getting um, all the vitamins and minerals they need um, out in the pasture. So we have to supplement feed and with the fertilizer prices and stuff it's 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 going to be it's a trickle effect so the fertilizer prices have gone through the roof you know with fuel prices going up uh, the the everything you know the feed cost is going up feed is our number one cost when it comes to raising hogs mm -hmm. and so we didn't really see it in 2021 uh where, where we really were thriving in 2021 and not saying we're not you know we're still doing well in 2022 but it's a hurdle that we're going to have to overcome is that there and, and it's something that's interesting uh paul that like it used to be farmers you know when you had something that was farm raised it was like astronomically more expensive than what you get at a grocery store yeah but in 2021 with all the shortages they had in the grocery stores and the supply chain issues they had the the gap nearer probably the most it's ever gotten close to even yep. in in the history of of small farms and um, and now we're kind of seeing, and that kind of worked out, it was look, really looking great for us, you know, because, mm -hmm. you know, price, we were kind of competitive with a grocery store, which is like I said, for a small farmer has really never happened. Yeah. Um, but now this year, now we're finally hitting on our end with, you know, which the large markets are still going to have the same large farms are still going to have the same issues, but yeah. trying to, to, to find that balance and, you know, we're just uncertain, you know, we, we are kind of out of our control, you know, we can't, we're not a big corporation that can sling around, you know, we're such and such LLC, you know, we're not going to or corporation. We're not going to, this is what we're going to pay for feed. Mm -hmm. You know, we look, we get our feed locally from a, a feed store in Hurdle Mills. So we're also supporting a local feed store, um, which is buying from a local farmer, but is also having to buy fertilizer, you know, so it, it you know, we really feel blessed to have the feed store that we have, um, Hurdle Mills feed as, supply and, and hurdle meals that because uh -huh. uh, they do try to local source as well it's not you know nothing against midwest grain but they, they try to get grain or whatever that they can get local as much local as they can to support yeah. local farms no that's good so that the, the long story short is our feed cost is a concern for me right now going into 2022 so it's a challenge we're just kind of we're just gonna have to ride it out and see you know you know it, it's rising by the week uh, we have to go buy, you know, some, you know, feed for the chickens, for the turkeys or for the ducks, all, everything mm -hmm. has to get feed. And we, you know, we have feed every week and every time I go, it's, it's going up every week. Yeah. Predators. Um, I mean, predators are more for the birds than for the, for our, for our pigs mm -hmm. and cows. I mean, it's the, the predators are, we have more from the sky. So hawks have been an issue with our, with our flocks from, uh, um, from, from killing, I mean, just killing our, our hens. Yeah. Um, and then as, I mean, it just like every, oh, every farmer is thinking about the avian flu right now. So mm -hmm. there's always things that 
it, whether it's local on the farm, that is something that is an issue that whether it's a farm, an animal is sick or something like that, or isn't producing what we were hoping would produce, or it's something larger, like that the whole state or the whole country is dealing with, with the avian food, things like that. So there's, there's so many things. I mean, well, a good day is a day where you don't have more than, you know, five problems. (laughs) I I mean, there's, you're always going to have a, well, that's, that's okay. We've got to think something strategic about that or bounce an idea. I have an idea, bounce it off of him. He does kind of the same thing, but um, it's, you know, just like any other job, there's always going to be the ups and the, the ups and the downs. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not just, you know, it's not just market, it's not just cost. It's, you know, mother nature, disease, weather, pretty much anything you can think of, it just throws right at you to kind of make things a little bit more yeah. difficult. But, um, For sure. you know, with the, with the cost thing and, you know, I'm sure we're going to see, cause I still haven't seen the grocery stores come back down. To, you know, right. So um, kind of going from the challenges of the farm into what do you think has been, or let me reword this, um, how has farming impacted your family life? I know we talked about the kids, how they like to run around outside a little bit, but um, what are some of the other impacts, positive or negative, that farming has had on family life? Um, For me, it's how we, how closer we are. Um, so when you're in the city, it's almost for us, it was almost like we were doing our own thing. Um, and you would have your own hobbies or you would have your own, um, your own things to do. Mm -hmm. And then on the farm, it really has been a project for that Travis and I wanted to do together, um, that our girls started where as they're growing up and, and really t- being able to take more take part more yeah. they've been they've grown into it as well and are able to do it there's been the you know it's not always happy because the girls don't always want to do the chores or or you know as I mentioned last summer we were working very hard and sometimes they did take the sec to a, a second row to the farm but I think, um, you know, we're very faithful and we're very much focused on taking this farm and glorifying God for any way we can. Yeah. And, you know, praying, praying that over the farm and our girls and everything, too. And it's just, OK, how can we how can we really, truly grow together um, and make this a true family operation and not just something that daddy does or that mommy helps with or or that, or that we're fighting about it really, you know, it's, it's a great hobby that's turned into a, that's turned into a, 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 a work passion, I would say. Um, and it's a blessing for the girls to, to know that, you know, when the, when we have the new meat from the, from the processors, we, you know, we pray over it and we say, thank you. Thank you for these animals. Thank you for, um, giving us the ability to grow and to provide. That's yeah. it. So that's for me, that's the biggest part of how we can just grow the farm to, to, to grow each other. Yeah. I mean, and, I, and just to kind of piggyback off of that, I mean, you know, some people have a lake house, some people have a boat, <laughs> some people have a place in the mountains, some people have a place at the beach. We have a farm. 
you know, so everybody kind of has their hobbies and, you know, kind of what they want to put their money to. Mm -hmm. And ours just happens to be farming. So, you know, I mean, we do get to take vacations and we're thankful for that. We just don't get to take as many because like I said, it's, it's a huge uh, responsibility for someone, whoever that has to take care of the farm when we're gone. And we luckily we have, we're blessed to have some really good friends and family that, that definitely, you know, do that, but it's, I, I feel bad asking because it's a lot of responsibility and it's it, uh, so, you know, that's, you know, one of the things is like, we just don't get to take as many family vacations, but we see a lot of pretty sunrises and sunsets are on the farm. And, yeah. you know, one day, you know, some more travel hopefully will happen, but, you know, we just feel like the, the farm is a good place for the girls to be raised at, you know, it teaches them work ethic. It teaches them responsibility, how to care for animals, how to care for, you know, just a lot of different things. Nature itself, um, like that's one thing on the farm that we try to not just raise our own livestock, but you know we still have wild turkeys and deer and woodcock and quail and you know all kinds of animals out here. So we try to yeah. be sustainable, you know, for them as well. You know, we yeah. try to you know make it as uh, you know trying to create habitats for them you know so you know when i put brush piles together I, I don't burn them immediately we let them sit for about two years let rabbits get in there nest in there um so it's just kind of a holistic you know view of trying to 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 farm but yet still do it with mother nature at our side no that's great yeah the uh i mean if i i can see where the farming would bring everyone together and i think if more people would maybe adopt that mentality of, you know, doing things more as a family unit instead of having things separated out. Like this, like you said, this is dad's thing. This is mom's thing. These are, you know, what the girls like to do or, you know, uh, instead of having everything separate, keep it together, everyone would have a much happier family life, I think. And uh, that's great that you guys are doing that and the farm is helping kind of mold that in yeah. which is awesome so yeah that's, cool. that's i mean we all enjoy our own little things here and there which is yeah. you have to to, mm-hmm. to to really respect each other and um what everyone provides to the mm-hmm. whole the yeah. whole project um into the family when it's a family operation um but it's you know, we, I think we saw this the most during COVID because every, you know, we weren't going anywhere. We weren't doing anything. And, Mm -hmm. um, and we were really working with each other, sometimes working against each other, (laughs) 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 but it was, it was, you know, we, we grew our garden at that time. We, um, or we built our garden at that time. We, you know, our animals were that, we grew more, grew more in the animals than we did that summer or that year than we have any other. So it's, we took lots of leaps and we took lots of steps forward. Um, but we also took steps forward knowing that it was not just going to be, you know, his job, my job, it was going to be our job. Yeah. So Yeah. Another thing I wanted to say too, if you don't mind, just no, like just for the people that are listening, is you don't think don't think you have to have a hundred acres or five acres or an acre. You can do stuff at your house, you know. 
I mean, you can put up some raised beds and just grow some tomatoes. I, I mean, you know, you can grow them in a five gallon bucket. You know, I encourage people to, to get, yeah. you know, you don't have to be on hundreds of acres to do some agriculture. And I'm going to tell you, it's going to be the best tomato you ever had. And I'm not even a, a, a fan of tomatoes, but when we get our first tomatoes of the season, it's like those things are the best tomatoes because I grew that tomato, you know. Mm-hmm. So I encourage people, you know, you don't feel like you have to own land, a bunch of land to be able to to do farming agriculture things. You can you can grow tomatoes in a five gallon bucket. Yeah, that's what and that's how we started on in our house in Durham and we had our chickens. We had eight chickens in our backyard and we had a half less than a half acre. We had our tomato plants and whiskey barrels and um, you know, it was just I love tomatoes. I could eat tomatoes every day. But um he didn't really start doing that until we were growing the cherry tomatoes where we could just pop them right off and, mm. and eat those. And so that's, that was what was started us. And that's, you know, it's grown into a huge rose bed garden and, and the farm that we have today. But um, you know, it's, it's, it's something you anybody can do if they're willing to, to really just put the thought into it. Yeah, no, definitely. It, you got to put the work in to get it done. Yep. But, I mean, like you said, I'm, I'm a huge fan of tomatoes too. Uh, but, <laughs> uh, but once you've had fresh garden raised tomatoes, ones that you've done yourself, you're not going to want to eat the ones. In you the can store. taste the sunshine. That's what yeah. I say. Yes. Every, I say it every year. You taste That's the what sunshine. a tomato is supposed yeah. to taste like. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. The ones you get at the store have no flavor whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I mean, the ones you get out of the garden, you can just a little salt on it yep. and that's, best thing you ever try yeah if, if you like absolutely tomatoes. but um yep. but yeah i mean even like you guys said in, in your backyard like i've got i think three quarters of an acre and that's pretty big for carry yeah um, but uh but yeah we we're gonna put in some raised beds i just haven't had a chance to do it and the dog's been destructive since she you know still <laughs> a puppy um but you know i mean you can do it and you can make it a family affair and yes, make that absolutely the family's garden and yes it'll it'll bring you all together uh absolutely the listeners out there it'll, it'll bring you together so if you need a family activity that is a great one to do and um it'll give you some tasty produce and what's cool is that you can mix plants and mix how you mix plants within your garden too i mean these are things that we're just now learning too because mm-hmm. we're like we're protein farmers, not so much vegetable farmers. And I'm thankful that my children tell me when they're hungry or, or they, <laughs> I don't have a green thumb in any way, shape or form. Um, he's the, he's the green thumb in the family, but you can mix plants and flowers or, um, corn and squash. Yeah. You can, corn I mean, you can mix them, like you can mix them and they're beneficial to each other and, and with the, the, the bugs and things like that. And, and it's so neat. And then the girls love, they have a flower garden in there and they can go and see their flowers blooming and, and really, you know, they like to see the the bees and mm-hmm. what's, you know, what's grown, not so much. They don't really care to pick or to weed, but they do like what mama makes out of all the rest of the stuff too. Yeah, so yeah. The herbs too, mixing herbs with your um, with other other plants too can help with keeping those bugs down. And we're just now, I'm just now learning that, which is kind of cool. Yeah, no, that's that's good to know. Uh, and I'm gonna have to read up on that a little bit more because I, I'm not a. My dad was a really good gardener. I'm not. So yep. yeah, it's. Uh, 
I, I have to call him to get tips and everything. But <laughs> he might be calling you too. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. I'll share his information. Well, I'll put one more plug in there then since we're talking about that, because I think this is a good time to talk about it, is that every county has a North Carolina um, Ag Extension office. Yeah. Every county has it. And I encourage you to look it up in your county because they offer all kinds of classes for free nice. on like gardening and stuff like this. So, you know, for, for anyone that's out there that's listening, they are a great resource. Our tax dollars pay their salaries. So use them. I mean, they are there and they want to be helpful. Uh, most of the time you're going to have a horticulture agent in every county. You're going to have a 4-H agent, great for the kids. Wow, you, you have, you'll have animal uh, livestock agent in every county. So please look that up because they, they are there to help and they want to help. Yeah, I'm gonna have to look into that and talk to them. Like I, I've been, you know, communicating uh, more on the like hunting side of things and the conservation, but with the Wildlife Resources Commission, um, right? I've got some connections over there, so I've been, you know, talking with them and working with them on a few things. But uh, definitely need to go with the agricultural department too and talk with them, yep. see what we can come up with. That'd be awesome. And and that that has been kind of one of the other things that we how we learned um because we just we just didn't decide um you know we're he travis is very much a researcher um he researches i ask him questions and you know i sometimes i'll i'll read up too but i really am you know was trusting him on okay this is what we're going to do and he had great ideas but we also took part because of the agriculture, um, North Carolina agriculture, we actually took part in the farm, it was called farm school, mm-hmm. which is run by NC state. Um, and it was something that he had seen. We took classes. We would go to, we would go around and see other, see other, like take other farm seminars, but he knew of the farm school and he knew that it was, something that he wanted to do because he really did see this as a business, not just as something that a hobby. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were, I mean, they, they do it twice a year or, or depending upon the area. And at one time, you know, it was in Franklin, which was about an hour and a half away and we'll just wait, we'll see if it's coming. And it just happened to come to person County, I think right before COVID or, and so we were, we were in, in farm school graduated from, and we took part in it. And it's something, it was every Thursday night, you had to do your, you know, you had to do homework. You had to, um, you, you had lectures It went through everything and really helped us to create a, a business plan, but not over quick, even creating a business plan. They came out, yeah. saw our farm yeah. and said, okay, let's look at your business plan. And will this make sense? Yeah. And it kind of, they, you know, it checked the boxes off to say, yes, this is going to make sense. I see how you're going to do it. Um, You know, we wanted to do bulk sell at the time and just really work with families to be able to put meat in their freezers like we have done with you. Um, But we knew as we grew, we had to to turn to retail as well. So it was, it, it was a, the resources in North Carolina, and I'm sure all states have this in a certain way, but blessed to have NC State, blessed to have the, you know, our ag extension. And there is no way that any farmer can do it on their own. And it's the farmers too, like friends, friends, farmers, um, 
friends of farmers, just being willing to share or help or give ideas or just come out and, you know, process chickens or <laughs> you know, help on the farm or yeah. anything. It's, it's, it's a, it's a huge community effort. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Nobody, nobody can do it alone. And it's really good to have that knowledge and mentorship to help you along with yep. the beginning and starting aspects of it. And as you go too, cause I'm sure you could call them up right now too and ask them yep. some questions. Yep. So yeah, For that's sure. huge. That's really cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we, we kind of touched on this already, um, but some of the advantages of eating farm raised meat and produce versus just going down to the local grocery store and buying it from there. So in your opinion, what are some of the biggest advantages? I know flavor we talked about with the tomatoes is one, but um, I'm sure there's others. Absolutely. I mean, you know, um, I'm going to say this first. I'll give a disclaimer first is that personally, I do not believe that we could sustain as a, as, as a society as far as food without large farms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'll start, so I'll start with that, but I want to say that, you know, having pigs, our pigs in particular, they're heritage breed Berkshire uh, hog. That's, that's, that's the breed that we, that we farrow here on the farm, which means birth them all the way to market. Um, they were, you know, brought over hundreds of years ago by settlers. And like, like you said earlier, Paul, like they're, they're in their natural habitat. So they have been, they have adapted and been bred to, eat out forage, in nature, yeah. forage out in nature. So to have an animal that's raised like that, the taste that you get from that is different. It's richer, it's healthier. It, the, the fat that it has is actually a healthier fat mm-hmm. um, than a hog that is raised in a hog house that never sees a blade of grass in its whole life. Yep. Um, uh, you can see it just in the color. Like when you look at our pork chops, they almost look like steaks. They're red. You know, if you go to a, a grocery store, they're almost white or grayish, you know, color. Um, um, so like I said, the, the health side of it, it's definitely a lot healthier for you. And like I said, our, our thing is sustainability and giving the animals a life that they deserve on the farm. Like, so we want to put them out in their, in their natural habitat to do what they do. And it, it's funny, I had a, a, a probably a 12 year old girl last Saturday. You know, she was up with her family at the farmer's market and I asked, is it sad when you have to take the pigs to the to the to the market? And, and you know, and I was like, you know, it kind of just hit me. I was like, you know, I didn't even think about, you know, I haven't thought about that in a long time. But, yeah, it is sad. I mean, you know, I mean, honestly, it is sad for us. You know, whenever we have pigs that go to the market, we are sad when they leave the farm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I told her, I was like, you know, but. I'm thankful for those pigs. They have lived a great life here on the farm. And then they're going to feed hundreds of families, you know, because you know, we're selling at the market. We're just selling retail cuts. So somebody might get a pork chop here or there. That one pig could feed, you know, 50 to 100 families uh, in some way or another. Yep. So, you know, it, it's uh, it's honoring that pig's life. Mm-hmm. Um but uh now as far as cost, like I said, we talked about that a little bit as well. It used to be that you know, farm raised costs a lot more, but like, so with grocery stores, the supply chain issues they they've really, it's really become close to neck and neck. Now that's probably going to settle back out. Um, but, you know, I will say that, you know, you're not going to save money by always buying from a farm, but like I said, it, you're not really doing it for the money part of it. Yeah, it it's, yeah. it's a really about 
being healthier for your family, what you're feeding your, your, your kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was one of the things for us is like, you know, and it's happening more, more and more every day that we're importing, you know, the produce has been happening for a long time, but now we're starting to get to the point where we're importing meats and stuff. So we're, you know, they don't have the same regulations that we have here in the United States. And, and the other thing is it could be sitting on, 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 in, in trucks, getting trucked across the country. It could be weeks, weeks or months before it even hits your table yep. to where, you know, if you come get a dozen eggs for us, it was, it was laid this week. Mm-hmm. You know, we're selling out our eggs pretty much every week at the farmer's market. So you're getting, eggs i mean i went out this morning before i left for the market and got eggs so i could make another dozen to take to the market you know so it's um it's just really about a, it's really a health thing to me is is the the big advantage um because like i said we're seeing you know a rise in cancers and all these different illnesses that that i, I that, you know i'm not saying it solely has to do with our our diet but i think it has a lot to do with the processed foods that we're eating so, you know, as much natural state, you know, as close locally as we can get, the, the better off we're going to be. And, and I'm not saying that as a farmer. I just think, you know, I, you know, you should just look into it. You know, people should just, just consider that is, you know, what we're feeding our kids and, and what we're consuming ourselves, you know, is we really need to start reading labels. I started reading labels and that was a pretty scary thing. There's a lot of stuff. I mean, I can't even pronounce, you know, and there's a lot of things on there. I can't pronounce And the same thing that, you know, it could be, you know, a, just a can of peaches, you know, all the preservatives they have to keep in there to keep that preserved. And you're like, good gracious, I'm eating yeah. all that. You know, I don't even know what the heck that is. <laughs> so. I, I, it's the, you know, it's the take to me being the cook, the main cook, it cooks differently too. Um, so there's not a lot of, uh, because, because whether you have to preserve the meat because it, you know, it, it was, it's whether it, wherever it's come from. I mean, just like you said, we can't as an, as Americans can't live on far small farms alone, mm-hmm. but we know with the processors that we work with, we know what the, the animals ate. We know how the animals were harvested and we know how they how are how they're broken down and, and vacuum sealed and it's 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 every like everything there there's nothing added to it it's fat it's flash frozen and vacuum sealed so it's good for two years in in the but it's cooks differently too there's not a lot of water waste the the fat as you said is is good fat so the girls you know the pork chops that we have are marbleized almost like a a uh, ribeye steak. And some people will look at me and say, well, what would you rather eat? And I, I'll say, you know, most of the times, unless I'm craving red meat, I'll eat the pork chop yeah. over, over the steak because of the marbleization that's in the meat itself. And it's good fats to eat. So it's good quality meats. You, you can, you can be on a diet and still have farm raised meats and proteins and and, and eat well and, and not, you know, your cholesterols and things aren't going skyrocketing things like that, which is amazing to think about that is just how it's locally sourced, locally grown, um, cultivated on the land and just how good it is for you. And mm-hmm. just, as I mentioned earlier, like with the eggs, I mean, if you look at a farm egg versus a grocery store egg, um, the yolk difference is just is, is night and day from the bright orange that we have to the, the pale yellows that would be in the stores. 
And some people think that they're allergic to eggs, but they're actually allergic to the sulfur from the grocery store eggs. And they're actually not allergic to egg because of, because the farm fresh eggs are farm, you know, within the wheat. So they, they haven't been on the shelf for a very long time. And we have a lot of our customers who are like that, or they'll say, I don't like chicken eggs. I'm like, well, you might want to try a duck egg. And they'll ask me, well, what's the difference? And I prefer ducks over chicken because they have a richer flavor to them. And a lot of people don't even think they think about, or you can't really get duck eggs in the grocery store, but you can, um, just how big they are and just how, I mean, they really do have a nice silky meaty flavor that the chicken egg, even a farm fresh chicken egg doesn't have. And it's great for baking. So, I mean, it, as they have so many different positives to it. So, and then in the summertime, when you've got the meats and the vegetables and the fruit and everything comes together, I mean, summer is really, while it's hot as a mess here, it's <laughs> one of the best, I mean, it's one of the best things like, you know, you and I love, love a BLT. He's not a fan of it, but fresh lettuce, fresh tomatoes and, and our bacon is like, I'm in hog heaven, <laughs> no pun intended, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it is just awesome. <laughs> Yeah, nothing beats a good BLT for sure. Uh, yeah, <laughs> a little bit of juice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. But, um, you know, it, like you said, with the one thing Travis said is that the meat that is coming from, you know, the other end of the country or from a different country, we don't know yep. how long that's been on the truck. We don't know how long it's been in the grocery store. We don't know who's handled that out of the 20 or so people if they've handled it properly. Um, I bought some lamb from a grocery store here, lamb rack from a grocery store here locally. And, you know, one I bought was, it was good. Yeah, real good. Second one I bought, I opened it up. Something didn't smell quite right. So I was like, I'm going to take that back. I put it in a Ziploc bag, threw it in the fridge. Next day, it was green, like completely oh man so mm. um I, I did i did give the people at the grocery store a little hard time i was like yeah i can open it up get you the barcode for it and they're like no 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 no, no. yeah yeah like, you sure <laughs> i don't mind digging in there here let me open it up for you but um oh. yeah so i mean it's it's just the handling of it uh, that yeah. honestly i think that's what scares me the most but um because you just don't know who's been handling it if it's been sitting out if it's been in that right. da danger zone and if you're gonna get yep. sick from it so that's right yeah, you know, with the with the pork chops, the fat uh, that is on your guys is like I don't eat fat off pork chops if I get it at a restaurant, if I get it at the store. Me either. Um, but with yours, there, there's nothing but a bone left on that. <laughs> right, I agree. Yep, that's exactly right. <laughs> yeah, yep. yeah, it's it crisps up so nicely. It it's crunchy on the outside, soft on the inside, and it, the flavor is just fantastic. And actually, I made a marinade that I'm going to send over to you uh, for pork chops, and it's uh, awesome. It's great. So I'll get awesome. that over to yeah. you probably within a couple of days. Awesome. Um, but uh, the other thing is, um, you know, as as you mentioned and as Christine mentioned, is that small farms are not going to be able to run the food um, market. It's not going to happen because there's just too much demand, too many people to feed. And, you know, we're, we're not saying that y'all need to stop buying food from the grocery store yeah. because that's right. just not sustainable. It's not doable. Correct. But the more that we can do as individuals to kind of separate ourselves from those large corporate pack products, uh, foreign products that are coming in, the ones that are filled with 
God knows what, you know, chemical right. solutions, uh, pink slime, uh, yeah, all right. that junk. Um, that is, you know, no one has any proof of it, but my assumption and as yours too, that some of the health issues within the country, uh, maybe even some of the mental issues that are happening within the kids and, you know, younger generation has a lot to do with the food in my opinion. Um, but we need to find a way to separate ourselves from it as much as we can, not completely, but as much as we can. So that's purchasing meat from farms such as yours, uh, once or twice a week, um, hunting it, harvesting it yourself, um, you know, doing, doing things to make yourself more, um, I guess what's, what's the word I'm looking for more, um, independent one that i'll use is i mean self-sustaining you know i mean perfect uh you know especially going back to your hunting thing i mean you know we hunt here on the farm too so you know i you know that's i i just think like i said and going back to a comment that i made earlier it's just like you know just because you live in a neighborhood you know or whatever you know like i said a couple raised beds you can grow a lot in a couple raised beds and like i said going out and hunting and you know, I just think it's important for families now to to start thinking about being more self-sustaining, especially with the food shortages that we've seen. Um, you know, just the, the 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 changes that we've had in two years has just been astronomical. Yep. Um, you know, I just think it's wiser for people to 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 know how to grow if it ever came down to that again. That you know that you know how to grow something um, or harvest something and. Uh, and so anyway, that was just a point that I wanted to make there. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, and the one thing that I want to mention to everyone out there is why wait? You know, don't, don't wait for the next one to happen. Go out there right. and learn how to do it and start growing it and harvesting it and, you know, buying in bulk uh, now and mm-hmm. just be prepared. You know, it's, it's better to be proactive than reactive. And Correct. Uh, yep. Uh, Agreed. Yeah, the better off you'll be. Uh, just yeah, for, for sure. <laughs> um, so I, I know we're kind of coming along the hour mark. I don't want to take up too much of your time. I do have two more questions for you. Okay, um, great. So the first one is, what type of advice would you give to young farmers, which you've given some of that already, um, but what, what advice would you give to young farmers that are wanting to get started or people that have never farmed in their life and want to get started? Okay. Yeah. I mean, you know, I can't say enough about NC State and the NC Farm School. If if you are out there thinking about it, whether you're young, old, it doesn't matter. If you're thinking about agriculture, we had several people in the farm school that had just retired from other professions, computers, lawyers, you know, accountants, whatever. And they wanted to go to start farming in their retired life. Uh, it's never too late to get started. And you know, and I think being educated is is a number one key. You've really got to do some research. Um, and that's where NC, the, the farm school, like if you go, like if you just Googled NC uh, farm school, it'll pop up to their webpage. Because okay. um, what they're going to do is not only help develop your business plan, but they actually go through your enterprises like, you know, our port. Uh, they have Excel spreadsheets out there and they can run the numbers. Because you have to be, you have to be profitable. I mean, we're not trying to be millionaires here. We're, we're never going to be millionaires doing what we do. We're, you know, we do. I do try to make a living off of it, but it is a modest living, and you have to understand that as well. That if you're going into farming to get rich, you need to go do something else because <laughs> you're you're never going to be rich per se as far as money. Now, I am rich as far as 
I get to drink my coffee and watch the sunrise and go look at the animals. So am I rich that way? I am definitely rich that way. Yeah. Um, but I, I think getting educated, NC Farm School, highly recommend them. Uh, Derek Washburn, he's one running the program now. Mm-hmm. Uh, very knowledgeable. I could call Derek right now. And doesn't matter what he's got going on. I'm at six o'clock on a Saturday. He would call me back with whatever question I had. Um, and they were a great resource. The uh, North Carolina Cooperative Extension. Again, I mentioned them earlier. Another great resource for future farmers or just a gardener in the backyard. They do not care. They, if you have a diseased plant or tree, call them. They'll, they'll come out or you can take a picture and send it to them and they can tell you how to fix it. Uh, or if it's actually, if it can be fixed, uh, for young farmers out there that are just getting started is try to find a mentor. I think try to find somebody older in your community that has done it that, so you're not having to recreate the wheel. Uh, cause you know, we've made some mistakes that I'm like, that gummit, you know, we, we, we've, if I would have just talked to somebody beforehand, I would have not, I wouldn't have gone down that road that I went down. Yeah. So I'm having to relearn some, you know, do, I've made mistakes that I'm like, that gum, I should, I know I should just ask somebody. Yeah. And uh, so having a mentor, trying to find somebody who's a mentor, farmers want to help farmers. You know, I mean, it's, it's not like we're competitors. Yes, we do compete to some degree, but we are in it together. And we want everybody to succeed in farming. I, I don't have any secrets. I, I, you know, anybody that comes and asks me anything, I'll, I'll tell you whatever. Because, I mean, like I said, it, it just – I want the next generation. Without younger farmers – I mean, I can't remember. I have to Google. It's been a while since I've Googled the average age of the farmer. It was was old, older. And, and like I so said, we have got to get the next generation involved in agriculture Otherwise, we are going to be heading down the road that we're still going down, which is looking to other countries to supply our food supply. So um, I think it's, you know, very important uh, to, to get new people involved in it. And I think it's a, I think it's challenging for, for younger people, you know, just to find land now. Uh, it's astronomical. And, and, and this real estate market that we're in now, it, it just, it, it's just, it's, it's impossible but there are grants out there. I will say for young farmers, there are grants and there are some money out there through USDA, uh, uh, MC, uh, the farm uh, service agency. There's, there's some money out there. Uh, it's hard to get, but they are trying, there was, there are a lot of grants out there for younger farmers. So um, you could try to get some of those grants, but uh, get out and do, I mean, that that's what I encourage people, everybody, I just encourage you to get out. Even if you have just a half acre, build some raised beds or get a five gallon bucket from Lowe's, get some soil and put some tomatoes in the ground or in the bucket. Cause I mean, you know, you can start small and you never know. You might really find something that you're like, wow, I enjoy doing this. And you might want to turn it into something more. Yeah. And I would say just not, don't do it yourself. You don't have to. There's so many communities, Facebook, Facebook communities for raised bed gardens. There's, um, I mean, there's just so much, whether it's a larger from the state's perspective, from a school perspective, from a mentor, you just not doing it yourself. Um, Cause it, like I said, a good day on the farm is when we have, we just have five problems. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, you gotta have somebody to bounce the ideas and thoughts off of and, 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 truly having a partner. I mean, whether it's help me help us, you know, clear the garden or feed the pigs, or I don't feel great today. Can you you help me out? It's that's always, it's always a blessing to have somebody to be there with you versus doing it yourself. 
Yeah, for sure. One other piece of advice. I could probably talk about this for a while, because <laughs> I mean, I've done a lot of things wrong, um, but is don't get too big at first. You know, uh, that's one piece of advice. Like, you know, I know everybody likes to get chickens. Don't go out and get 500 chickens mm-hmm. because you are going to have your hands full and you're going to get overwhelmed and you're going to burn yourself out. Yep. Start small and work yourself up, you know, because first off, 500 chickens is going to lay a lot of eggs. And I guarantee you, if you don't have any client base built up, you're not going to be able to sell that many eggs and you're going to end up just giving or, or, or wasting yeah. a lot of those eggs. Uh, that's the first piece of advice. And then the, the second one is I would say take one thing that's like your passion. Like ours was hogs. I, I knew we wanted to raise hogs out here. And so that's like our niche. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so we, we try to do that really well, but we do supplement, we, you know, we do have egg production, um, you know, we've got some ducks, you know, we raise turkeys, we do, oh, we raise meat yes. chickens as well. Um, but I, that's another thing is to find one thing that you do really well and really build your, your base around that, but still have some diversity in there, uh, but still try to have that niche, the, the one thing that you really want to focus on and do that one really well. Yeah. Excellent. Thank you for that. That's a uh, great, great advice. So, um, so the other thing is, uh, how can we connect with the two of you and support the awesome operation that you guys have going on? So we're at Phillips Farm Farmers Market every Saturday. In Cary. In Cary. Um, so Travis is there most most every most Saturday for the throughout um, from June through August or I'm sorry, from April through August. Um, and we have a, we have an online store. Um, it's on, if you go to our website, it's sweetteafarmnc.com and you can learn more about us, learn more about our farm, but you can also shop online. Um, and we do deliver to the, to the local area. Um, and, or, and if for some reason, if the, the, your area code is not within our delivery zip code. or zip code, sorry, is not within our delivery area. We always encourage um, customers to contact us directly and just say, this is where I am. Cause we also, whether it's you coming to our farm or doing uh, meeting us at, at meeting us somewhere, we do what I call egg drops or meat drops mm-hmm. where we're willing to meet you halfway. Okay. Um, and it's always, you know, it's because we we want to make it as as personable as a as a purchase as we can because it's it's a higher dollar product, but and it's always a high quality product too. And so we always love to to show our customers the meat, um, to show them the eggs, and to make sure that, to let them know, you know, as much as we can know about it, and even give them cooking tips and ideas to yeah. use. Um, we're on Facebook. Um, and we're also on Instagram as the sweet tea farmer. Um, so, and Travis does a lot of the social posting and he's getting good at it. <laughs> I am not a very good, uh, social, uh, media <laughs> worker, but I'm learning. It's a work in progress. Um, it, it is a work in progress for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but, it's like an art, I think. Yeah, yeah, it is an art. And it's, that's, I mean, that's as his job, you know, kind of learning, learning and taking on more responsibility from the marketing and, and to, to, I, I help with those as well, but um, it, it, you know, we, we try to do a newsletter. Um, it's been as the summer or the spring has gotten picked up, it's gotten crazy and we've not been able to do it as much, but um, we are trying to build up um, a network of 
customers that we can communicate with at a monthly basis and giving them information about what we have in stock, what we have, what we think is a, a great recipe. Um, and then Which we've gotten several from Paul. Thank yeah. you for that as well. You're welcome. And then I'll sharing those out to you. Nice. <laughs> and sharing those out. So it's, that's, you know, we're not only are we trying to asking for people to, to trust us with their protein, but um, to also for us to give back to them and thank, thank our customers for what they've done for us and just trusting us and then giving back to say, Oh, Hey, we've learned this. We've done this. Um, we've been really blessed to be at Phillips and, and partner with them, but then also as they're partnering with um, NC Eat and Play and gotten to meet Megan and all of the vendors that she, that, you know, she supports it's really been a great resource for us just to just to grow and learn what else has been going on. We got to meet what well, we, we called it a, um, a celebrity kind of because we we love this product so much. Um, the Cheerwine Kaklaki uh-huh. um, barbecue sauce. We love it. He's a huge Cheerwine fan. We actually use it for a lot of our whenever we do cater or we help, you know, we host we, we host people. We, we say, say this is a North Carolina product. It's a really good product. It's a community. It's a, and we got to meet them. We got to meet those owners and find out that that's a small business of mom or a husband and wife and their son who run the business. And we got to meet them last week. And you know, when they shared a post about us and our bratwurst, we thought I, I was like, oh, we 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 hit it big time. <laughs> but it's it, it's meeting people and networking and then meeting people like you and sharing our story and growing our story and growing our networks. Um, but it's just any social Instagram, Facebook, online, mm-hmm. and then personally at um, Phillips Farm. Well, one other thing I want to add to that too, and, and Paul kind of alluded to it as well, because Paul is my friend, you know, and he's also a customer. So it's a relationship, you know, and I think I mentioned this at the beginning, it's a partnership. You know, we need you and, and we feel like you need us. Uh, as customers. And like I said, it, it really is a relationship. So like I said, we, we, we'll we'll talk on the phone as long as you, any questions. A lot of people have a lot of questions, you know, about how we do and what we do. And, you know, we will have people out to the farm, you know, by appointment. Uh, we don't just have open farm hours, but I welcome, I'm here 99% of the time. So anybody out there that's listening say, hey, I want to come check out what you got going. Mm-hmm. You can just call me up and we'll, we'll schedule a time for you to come check it out for yourself. Um, Cause like I said, we, we really believe that it's, 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 it is building relationships. You know, it's, it's, you just, you know, it's, that's, it's another big part of it. I actually, it's just the relationship part is, you know, you're not re- you normally don't get that relationship when you go down to your ex or whatever grocery store, you're not going to know who the farmer was, you know, well here we want that relationship with you. And, you know, we, we, we really appreciate and need your business, but it really is appreciated. You know, it, it, it uh, that's one of the things that I mean, we're, we're just so thankful for the support that we've had uh, from people like Paul and, and, and others out there that have that that see the need and, and want to feed their family healthier, more local options. And we're, we're thankful to be able to provide that. Yeah, it's uh, I mean, just having the relationship driven business model is, I mean, key. It, you you feel important. You know, you're putting the money where it should be going. Uh, it's going to help feed your family right? that we're putting in. And it's also rewarding us as the consumer feeding our family healthy, uh, non, I guess you could say, 
try to use this lightly. I don't want to say poison products, but not favorable products. Right. Yeah. Um, so it's just a win-win for everybody. Uh, yeah, it's, absolutely. It's, it's awesome. So, well, guys, I really appreciate you guys meeting with me today. Uh, I think we had a great conversation, covered a lot of information. Um, yeah. Hell, we could we could go probably another couple of hours. We yeah, could. for sure. <laughs> but, but maybe we'll, we'll have, have to do, do it again. It, yeah, we'll have to do it number two. Um, or yeah. Three, four, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Many, but, um, cool. So I, I, I truly appreciate you guys, uh, sitting down with me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you too, Paul. Yeah. yeah. No problem. Well, I and like guess- I said, we, we still want to help you and however, you know, just let me know however we can help you too. And we'd love to see you out at the farm. Like if I need to send you to the, uh, Amanda's email, I can do that for the Phillips farmers market out there. Cause I think it'd be a good resource. They've really gotten a lot of vendors out there this year and they're bringing in more people. Uh, so, you know, I think it'd be a, a great, you know, outreach for what you've got going on as well. Cool. Yeah, no, I'll definitely have to look into that. So, yeah, if you don't mind sending me the information, um, I'll look right. that and see if I can get on. I'll there. do it. So we've got um, Fest of the West coming May 7th. So I'm going to be set up there. So probably after right. that. I'll put well, it. I think the beauty of it is you can just kind of I, I think they still have some availability. So you can kind of pick and choose which weekends work for you cool. and work it around your schedule. I mean, I think that's uh far as I know, that's what I've kind of understood from it. Um, but uh, like I said, Amanda would be able to help you more on that. But I really, like I said, I know this past week they had another post looking for more vendors again. So awesome. uh, I think it, it'd be really good. And like this, right right by, right down the road from you. So like yeah. I said, that's re- hitting it really local right there for your uh, for your people. Yeah, exactly. And it's, like I said, not, not a far drive at all. So it, it, makes, that's right. it makes it easy to set up, break down very quick. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Cool, man. Well, I'm going to put the uh, Phillips Farm link. I'm going to put your guys' website, um, awesome. Instagram, Facebook, all the information for the farm uh, in the okay. description of the podcast for you guys. So awesome. that way everyone listening can uh, check them out and make it nice and easy to find you. Yep. Sounds good. Very cool. All right. Well, thanks again. And Travis, Christine, have a good evening. Thank you. Appreciate it, Paul. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Sizzle and Arrow podcast. Learn more about how we give our members the tools they need to become self-sufficient in transforming their eating habits by visiting www.sizzleandarrow.com. You can also follow our hunting, farming, and culinary experts on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. See you next time.